This is Ace Parenting Together, authentic, connected, and empathic, where we bring you fresh perspectives and ideas about best parenting practices, along with time-tested communication skills to use in real-life situations to help you and your children be your authentic selves, build empathic connections, and thrive in your relationships. Hello, and welcome to Ace Parenting Together. We're in our third episode. Uh, my name is Babak Saraje, and my co-host here. Hey, I'm Melissa LaPlante. Excited to be back for another awesome episode. So today, we decided to talk about setting boundaries. I think this is another topic that is much talked about, and it's a topic we would like to explore a little bit. And uh, like we have talked uh, in the past couple of episodes, find a third moving forward. And um, so let me say what I think of boundaries. There are basically two sort of notions that are orthogonal to each other when people talk about boundaries. Sometimes they talk about boundaries basically as setting a limit for the behavior of other people and controlling their uh, behavior. And I would say this is basically not so much different from uh, giving consequences or um, giving punishments, really. So this is uh, in that category, when you're trying to control someone else's behavior. Mm -hmm. But boundaries, uh, the, common, the common way and the proper way of talking about setting boundaries usually is about setting boundaries for yourself. This is my boundary. This is my personal territory. And I'm not going to let you just barge in through that uh, boundary. So we would like to explore that a little bit. And it's really a common advice in a lot of sort of um, relationship uh, management and in really when it comes to self-care to emphasize setting boundaries. Um, in parenting, there are programs that really emphasize setting boundaries and limits, um, setting it gently, kindly, you know, healthy boundaries, lovingly. You know, you can, you can provide your own positive adjectives here. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the reasoning is that the kids actually love and want to have these limits because they feel safe or safer when we clearly show what the boundaries for their behavior uh, are. What do you think, Melissa? So that is such an important um, statement that you made because it is a popular belief that kids... Um, thrive on limits and boundaries. Um, and you could make the argument that it is what they need to thrive and how will they know different if I don't tell them, they can't learn these things if I don't set these boundaries or set these limits. Um, mm -hmm. And I understand that. But, however, I do know that again, I when you set boundaries for a child, um, you're putting them in a position, again, where you are expressing your power over that person, um, mm -hmm. over that child. And so the the intention is, is important. You as a parent um, are desperately trying to parent your best way, and you want safety, and you want to know that your children um, know 
right from wrong. Right. Um, but the danger in that is that you miss some opportunities to be able to communicate with your child and connect with them about what is important to you um, and why. Right. And be able to have those same results in addition to strengthening the connection when your kid truly understands why you can't right now drop everything and spend time with them. That's right. Yeah. And and like, you know, because because it's a power uh, based uh, approach, um, uh, like you said, it actually runs all those uh, dangers of a power based approach. Right. For example, let's say um, my child uh, is not cleaning up the toys that, you know, she was cleaning. Maybe a small child, a three year old child who's not cleaning up the toys in the middle of the room. Right. If I come in and say, no, this is not acceptable to me and you're going to do it right now. I'm basically exercising my power. I'm not, I mean, you can say that you're setting a boundary, but in a sense, you're controlling that child's behavior right in the spot without really talking to them, seeing what is needed, expressing your own feelings. None of that is processed in that uh, approach, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, it's difficult because, again, we think when we're setting these boundaries and when we're telling our kids what they need to do and that it needs to happen now, um, that it's helping them. Um, right. when in fact it, it's not, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's not giving them a chance to communicate, um, their own needs and, you know, the generations prior to us, um, you can hear them talk about kids being seen and not heard, you know, all those uh, right. sayings that they've had about kids, which we know um, through research, um, much, much research that, that children thrive on being heard and not necessarily mm -hmm. being punished or limited um, in their ability to be an active part of a family unit and That's making right. things run smoothly in a family. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say children thrive on exercising their agency, knowing that they have an impact, that they are valued, that their um, needs, their wants, their wishes are actually part of the uh, decision-making. However, it's important to say that it's not the only thing, right? So we're not saying that kids should run the family, uh, absolutely not, because they're not the only one in the family. And uh, there are other people, parents, siblings, other people in the family whose needs and wishes and, and, and preferences are also important. So uh, when it comes to setting boundaries as, as a way of saying, oh, this is my you know place, my territory, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to be pushed around beyond this boundary, um, we are actually saying that you want to assert your own needs, right? And you want to um, express what you want in this moment at this place. And of course, you need to be able to assert that. So everybody, we want to be able to assert their needs and reasons and be heard. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I'm listening to you um, describe, you know, setting boundaries and, and, what dawned on me um, as you were saying that is that, you know, I had to set a boundary um, in doing this, you know, 
what's so cool is I was able to use the I statements um, for preventative and also, um, you know, a declarative to let them know early this morning when we had breakfast, um, I let my husband and my son know, hey, listen, um, I, I, I don't know if you remember, but today at 4.30, um, I'm going to be doing the podcast with Babek. And, oh, yeah, that's right. You did that last week, you know, yeah. So <laughs> I gave them that preventative I statement, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then reminded them as we got closer to the time, hey, listen, um, I'm, I'm going to need the house to be quiet so that we can do the appropriate recording. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was a healthy way of let getting my needs met Absolutely. without telling them what they have to do. Um, yes. I let them know what my needs were. And then I let those two figure out how they want to, to use that time. You know, if they right. want to have, get, if they want to be loud or, you know, get out of the house or yeah. uh, maybe, you know, well, it's Sunday. So I can tell you that they're watching football. Um, <laughs> but so, but I, you know, it's so much more effective when I do use those, you know, confrontive I statements and declarative I statements and all of those things, those right. techniques we use through, through PET, um, That's right. they work. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, when the focus shifts from setting a boundary, which is this sort of negative pushing other people out and like, basically if they have any needs or anything, probably it's going to be ignored. I'm not going to listen, not going to be able to listen when I'm, you know, focusing on setting a boundary. I express myself, like you uh, just said, you know, you express your needs, you express what you wanted to do, and then you can work it out to see what uh, can be done. And lots of times, frequently, especially if you are doing this consistently and, you know, people are trust that you can solve problems in this way and that relationship is strong as a result, people do want to help each other. And they, they like frequently come up with multiple different ways of helping each other. Um, which I might not have even thought of. Like I can think of one thing, yeah, go, I don't know, go do this outside or whatever. And they may say, no, we want to do this and we will do it there. And, you know, something that they're happy with, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to take a moment and sort of go through a couple of like real life examples. So we already talked about a couple of uh, real life examples. Sure, sure, yeah. There are, when I talk to parents and and and. Uh, also in class, but also in just friends and so on. There are some recurring uh, examples that come up. So, for example, um, I've heard this multiple times that especially kids kind of like, you know, four or five, six years old, around that age, um, where they're enjoying going to, say, the playground and they're like, um, you know, they're they're having fun and they don't they don't want to leave. Right. Um, at some point where the parents when the parents uh, want to leave. And you may even say, like you said, you know, um, beforehand, set an expectation and say, you know, at this time we need to go because we need to do some other stuff and, and so on. Now the time comes and you go and say, okay, time to go. Say, no, one more. I want to go do this. And they run around and it's, okay, this, here's the parent sort of frazzled. They've done the best they could to set this up. And here's the kid running around, not listening at all. Uh, yeah. Do you have a way of handling this? Yeah, that's, and it's so, um, that's such a common 
experience, you know, how do I get my kid to go when we need to go? Um, you know, this can, can, you know, you can relate this to trying to get out the door, um, to get to school on time and, and then you get to work on time. And, um, right. you know, I think again, when you, when you see that pushback from the kids, you know, I'm not going right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> you know, yep. and, and you want to jump into, you know, what, well, why do I have to go? And, because I said so, right? Right. Yeah, these are these natural <laughs> responses. Because I said so, because I have authority over you, right? Um, and again, it's such a fine line because I also don't, you know, I, I, I want to be clear that the, the response we have through parent effectiveness training is not a permissive response by any means. Um, mm -hmm. It's not letting the child rule. It is a different way um, and a more positive um, collaborative way to get the child to express themselves, to meet your need, and also for you to listen to them and meet their need, right? Right. And I think that that it 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 is it a lot more work sometimes um, because it takes a lot of work. To, yeah. and practice to do this yep. um on a regular basis um but it, it's it's so much more effective um and, yeah. and, and so in that situation leaving trying to leave the playground um you know you can use something as simple as who can get to the car faster or <laughs> um what animal do you want to pretend we're going to be on the way right. to the car Right. Wow. So you're 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 shifting the focus from the fun ending. And I'm not saying not to 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 and I'm not saying to ignore the problem because you do want to communicate. I know that mm -hmm. you are really having a great time here. Mm -hmm. I have to get home so that I can make dinner. The rest of the family is expecting us. OK. Right. Um, right. And so that's where you get creative as a parent um, right. to turn it from something negative to um, to something more positive in a transition right. out of a fun zone. <laughs> I get it. Absolutely. Right. They're having fun. And here I come and I say, no, that's it. No more fun. And uh, of course, it's very natural to want the fun to continue. Right. And so I like, you know, the suggestion. So maybe instead of coming in and say, sort of, here's the end of fun and we're going to go and like be very, you know, uh, severe and, um, you know, maybe sort of threatening in that posture, right? That yeah. if you don't listen to me, I'm going to like grab you and take you or whatever, which is why probably they're running away. Um, it, it's great to, 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 to show them that it could be fun. We can still have fun and continue on. Now, it may work, right? It may not. Maybe they, they will push back still and run away. At which point you might say, yeah, I see. So, so they're communicating, like you said, that they don't want to, the fun to end. So you can communicate that back. That's active listening, right? right. Um, to, to let them know that you understand. And at the same time, uh, or uh, shortly after, you want to say, um, and I also have a need. I would like to get home to the, do the other things that... Um, uh, that we want to do. And I do see you. I want you to have fun. So can you tell me what else you, how else you can have fun, right? Uh, in the car, at home, is there something that we can do that is still fun for you? And I can also get to do what I want to do and what I need to do. 
And I think sometimes too, that's so, that's so true, Vavik, because I think, you know, sometimes what we, it's as simple as they're truly enjoying the one-on-one time with us, right? That's right. We've taken that child to the playground. And so something as simple as I, I see that you are really upset to end this time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you really are loving being just with mommy or daddy Mm -hmm. by yourself, Mm -hmm. aren't you? Right. Um, I wonder if we could, um, pick the next time we're going to do this. Um, I could do this again, um, Thursday or, Mm -hmm. or, or the weekend, you know, and so you're giving them, you know, age appropriate, um, explanations of how you can give, let them know that you, you recognize that this is fun and special to them. And you also don't want it to end. And let me give you, um, let me just for sure, let you know that it won't because we'll plan the next one. So you have something to interest. Right. Recognizing those feelings and uh, let them know that really you're on their side. You also want to have fun with them and you have um, other things to do. And here is the way that we can move forward together. That's right. Um, Maybe one more example for an older kid. So, um, you know, this could be common, especially for, you know, preteen, tween, sort of maybe even teenagers where they start to be like, yeah, I don't want to do this. So they're pushing back. They're exercising more of their independence, right? And it could be, um, you know, house jobs, chores, or, you know, you want to go out and spend time with family. They say, no, um, uh, what is going to, what, what are you going to do there? Are you going to say, nope, I said this, and this is, you know, important to the family, and we're going to do this all together. Yeah. <laughs> is that a good way to go? So- Um, I think we could both say, um, from the experiences we've had, um, and, and, and also to those listening that, um, it's pretty fair to say that, that, you know, um, exerting our power maybe gets the job done, but, um, in the long run can create, and especially in that, that really vulnerable preteen to teenage years can just create, just create a sense of resentment um, because you didn't even ask um, their opinion on what's right. happening and, right. and, and give validate the fact that they have feelings, emotions, and a life of their own. Right. Absolutely. Um, right. So I think that, that, you know, that pushback um, just creates a barrier um, in the connection. And it's why so many um, parents of you know preteen to teenage years their biggest complaint is i i don't feel connected to my kid yeah they just don't want to talk to me they don't want to be around you know um and it's it's important to recognize where that's stemming from that's right that's right so there may be some previous experiences and years of um you know doing uh parenting in a different way i want to say two things one is that it's never too late to change um even if you know your teenager now is in a situation where you don't feel really connected that well, uh, it's never too late. You can always express genuinely that you want things to change and you're doing something different and, um, and approach that. Um, there may be some mistrust. There may be some um, you know, pushback on that too. But if, if we are serious about that, then they will also see that it's genuine and eventually we'll, things will move forward. 
And the other thing is that, you know, power, especially physical power, might work with a three-year-old, right? I mean, three-year-olds are also fierce and they can push back and kick and cry and yep. throw tantrums, but it certainly doesn't really work anymore with a 15-year-old. Um, you know, my 15-year-old is towers over me and you know is uh, weightlifting every day so he can actually lift me up probably in his in his hand. Well, now, imagine. Yeah, because there is a lot of emotional power as well. I mean, I'm I'm his father, right? And sure. so so the other way to go is to exercise a lot of emotional power and force and that's where things get really hairy. Yeah. Because no matter what type of power we're trying to um to utilize um, it, it, it's going to be damaging to the relationship between you and your kid because it, it and in particular those teenage years because they really right. want to feel validated. Um, they want they're really beginning to explore who they are as mm -hmm. a person, um, and and when they when what they have to say about a particular you know family event or a particular family vacation or 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 any incident that's involving in the family um when they're heard when their opinion um is validated we're more likely to get a child to want to meet our needs as the parent mm -hmm. because we have shown them consistently that that's what we're doing for them and like you said at first you know if you're making a change in your parenting style there's going to be some, some possible pushback in potential particular with the, the preteen and teenage like worrying um they're you know they're this is different and can i really yeah. trust mom and dad yeah, but um i think the more vulnerable we are with our emotions and our human qualities um the the better the connection will be, um, and in particular during those preteen and teen years. Absolutely, yeah. So the the real message here is when you reject physical and emotional power, exercise of power on your children, and you know, just, just think about, for example, doing that with a friend. It doesn't really make any sense, right? Um, what remains is the strength of that bond, the connection, that you can work on day in, day out, right? And building the trust that we are really here together. And, and this is, uh, you know, a life that we have together. We want to help each other. We want to enjoy uh, each other's company and really build this connection because that is the thing that will um, keep the relationship going. And that's why I would do anything for any friend, right? If my friend calls me, right. I would... I would not say, okay, I'm going to do this because you're going to do that. And, you know, there's not really a calculation like that going on if right. it's a true friendship. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason I'm doing that is that I care about my friend. And Absolutely. if, uh, of course, if I have a problem, they care about me and they they will come to my help. Sure. Definitely. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right. So I think this is probably a good place to stop uh, yeah. for this episode. And we'll come back with more uh, interesting and real-life examples, of course, uh, themes and topics in uh, future episodes.
Thank you for listening to Ace Parenting Together, authentic, connected, and empathic. We're working to bring you content on best parenting practices that's worth your time and adds not to the noise, but to the signal. Let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. All questions about parenting and thinking through real life situations are welcome. See you next time.